It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. The show is made possible by patrons like Kathleen, Phil, Matt, Jason, Marlene, Jenny and Sean, Rhonda, Susan, Mike, and Linda Grace. Thanks so much for the support. Today's show is also presented by Mattress Man, mattressmanstores.com. They've got triple zero financing available, zero money down, zero APR for 24 months, and zero payments for 90 days. And they have mountains of inventory at their four stores in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. Uh, You can also get it all online at mattressmanstores.com, while a lot of other mattress uh, operations uh, ran out of inventory because of supply chain, distribution chain uh, interruptions because of COVID. Mattress Man did not, which means they've got all of the different beds. Uh, they've got one that's right for you. Let their sleep consultants help you find the right mattress. Okay. Also, you can score a bed in a box for just well, as low as one eighty nine, a hundred eighty nine dollars grab and go deal. Bed in a box. Great for folks uh, who are coming from out of town. You can put them up uh, in your place with this bed rather than have them stay at a hotel. Uh, they've got a queen-size gel hybrid for just $2.99. Uh, check them out, mattressmanstores.com, five-star local delivery service. They ship nationwide, a 120-day comfort guarantee. Buy local and sleep better. Joining me now is John Sanders. He is the research editor and the director of regulatory studies at the John Locke Foundation. Welcome back to the show, John. How are you? I'm great, Pete. Thanks for having me back. You did a very lengthy review of 10 of the 22 studies that the North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper and his Health and Human Services Secretary Mandy Cohen, these are the studies they use to uh, justify their executive orders or his executive orders and uh, the Department of Health and Human Services approach to COVID restrictions, right? Um, And this was prompted by, I think we talked about this a couple of months ago when there was an EPA science advisor named Dr. S. Stanley Young, who I think is at Duke University, if memory serves, um, and he challenged Cooper's case on masks based on his reviews of scientific research. He wrote an op-ed about it, and that's what got you onto this trail, right? Um, Yeah, that's what got me the uh, 22 studies. I I had previously written about the mask research that Dr. Cohen had brought to the General Assembly a week before Cooper dropped his original mask order, Um, and then I followed through with with other research on, on the inadvisability of requiring healthy people to wear masks and to uh, quarantine the healthy. But uh, when, when uh, Dr. Young's piece was, uh, came through and he had received some information from DHHS and he went through it, and he said, their own research doesn't say what they says, what they are saying it says. So um, I wrote about that and then I received this document from DHHS saying, oh, well, here's our list of studies. Did you ask for that document? I'm sorry, did you ask? I did not. So they just, so they must have read your piece or something and said, oh, we should give him this list of studies so he'll be informed. I think what also prompted it was part of what I wrote was that um, the DHHS get behind the mask campaign. I went through all of their materials and there was not one lick of science, one mention of data and science in there. It, It was just all about conform, conform, do this because you love people, do this because you want 
play sports, do whatever, whatever your reason, get behind the mask. Right. It was all marketing. I remember, yeah, we talked about this at the time. Uh, And so now you've got a hold of these 22 studies and full disclosure, I'm not going to read all the studies and uh, I appreciate the fact that you did. So I don't have to. So thank you. What the document that they gave you and you say this, what that document should contain is no less than a slam dunk case justifying Governor Cooper's extreme open-ended emergency orders, right? Like, this is what I would think so. If they're like, here's all the evidence, these are the reasons why, here are the studies why we uh, decided to do this. So the first, I guess, and this is the question we're going to keep coming back to, does this research offer a slam-dunk case, you write, justifying Cooper's orders? Does it? Not that I've seen, certainly not the first 10 that I went through, and I'm just taking them by order that they're given. And, and, you know, to stress again why that's the, the standard, because the governor has gone at, on his own to level these extreme emergency orders against people. You must conform to this. And it, now he's policing mask wearing in people's homes. If you have guests over who don't live there, you're supposed to wear a mask. And if you get ratted out by a neighbor or someone who doesn't like you or some, you know, someone sees your pictures on Facebook or whatever um, and you know, you live in a in a jurisdiction with with an overactive police force. They could come and find you and and give you a, a misdemeanor charge. Right. And so now you've got the batch of studies. And so now we can actually assess the science that Cooper is using, which I, I guess I, I'm assuming all of the reporters that cover all of the covid briefings. I mean, I have to assume that they have read all of these studies if you know you're doing it. I'm assuming they would as well. Well, I can't speak to that, but I I do wonder. However, this information is good to get. It's good to get out. And people have been asking for this Uh, outside of media. I I hear from people, you know, I'm trying to find out where where they're getting their information from. Do you know? Do you know? So um, with once I got this, I wanted to really delve into the research. I mean, Reading scientific papers is not fun, um, <laughs> and that's coming which is from why the, nobody wants to do it. Right, and that's coming from the director of regulatory studies, which not exactly uh, you know uh, a dynamic kind of topic field either. I would submit. No, it's not one. Introduce yourself. It's not a leading introducing at a party. Right. Hi, I'm right. an economist, and I read research. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go walk over here and talk to a banker. Right. <laughs> so uh, let's go through them. Uh, shall we? First up, Chu et al. And that just means there's a bunch of researchers, I guess, right? But this is called Chu, and that's one of the, the lead researcher. And this was a study. Um, uh, you de- you describe it as a systematic review and meta-analysis of observational studies and not randomized control trials uh, of COVID-19 transmission. And Chu were in- et al. were interested in studies of social distancing of one meter or more, so that's about three feet, uh, face mask use, not cloth masks, but surgical masks, surgical-like masks of 12 to 16 layers, and N95 rest, uh, respirators and eye protection. So first off, why is the not randomized controlled uh, trials, the RCTs, why is that important? Why that uh, these were observational studies? Why is that important? Because randomized controlled trials, the RCTs, are considered the gold standard for this kind of research. Um, it does the best to eliminate biases that 
um, are either recall biases among people, um, like if they're doing phone interviews or whatever, they don't remember, uh, maybe I did sit next to someone with COVID. Um, it, it eliminates the kind of observational biases that uh, the researchers themselves have or may not even know they have, some other kind of what they call confounders in the data. Uh, so by, by randomizing and controlling the trials, they're, they're able to eliminate a lot of these biases. So what did this study find? With respect to the masks, low certainty, uh, which means they couldn't find a significant, they couldn't make a significant finding. Uh, so low certainty that medical masks or surgical masks might result in reduced virus infection. They also had low certainty about eye protection, and um, they found only moderate certainty that physical distance of more than a meter re um, results in uh, virus, reduced virus infection. Which has always been to me sort of the more obvious thing is that the distancing is probably way more effective if you're trying to control spread than the masks. Like, if you stand even more than six feet away from me, I think there's a way lower chance that we're going to spread germs with each other. It does. And, of course, they were doing the one meter, and we're doing um, close to two meters mm -hmm. uh, with six feet. You know, we have to we have to use the uh, the standard English instead. And right. Do you prefer the <laughs> standard metrics? measures? Would you prefer no, we I go? Not. Oh, you don't. Okay. All right. <laughs> no. I kind of see I see the benefits. So part of me is like, yeah, I'd like to do that. I just would not like to be part of the transitional generation because it would be disruptive. Um, right. So uh, also, I thought this was interesting that this study did not examine face coverings as Roy Cooper defines them, right? Yes, and that that is very significant uh, because Cooper's study, I mean, Cooper's orders specifically exclude N95 respirators and surgical masks from people and and want them reserved for for medical staff and people in the medical field. <clears throat> He requires coverings that could be almost anything. And now I'm going to quote here from his order. Synthetic and natural fabrics, including cotton, silk, or linen. Ideally, a face covering has two or more layers. A face covering may be factory-made, sewn by hand, or can be improvised from household items such as scarves, bandanas, T-shirts, sweatshirts, or towels. Uh, which is why, you know, when I was doing the Judge COVID series, I used to have Judge COVID always talk about a face towel. Right. <laughs> Or a dish rag. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Number two, McIntyre et al. This was a rapid system, uh, systematic review of the efficacy of face masks and respirators against coronaviruses and other respiratory transmissible viruses for the community, healthcare workers, and sick patients. Now, this one was one of those randomly controlled tests, the RCT. So that's a good thing, right? Yes, that that was a good thing about this study was that it did look at RCTs on the efficacy of face mask use. Although again, it was not the kind of masks that Cooper has required. These are the the presumably more effective and protective medical masks. And what they found was that medical masks were not effective, and cloth masks even less effective. Later on, they went on and said that their findings suggest cloth masks may increase the risk of infection, but that finding uh, may not be generalizable to all homemade masks. Hmm. So if you have a really well-made homemade mask, that might that might 
pose less of a risk it, than yeah, a poorly it may made. Yeah, not one. increase your risk of infection if right. it's a well-made home. <laughs> Which now this is, I will say, this is one of the arguments that kind of uh, I, I dismiss. It, it, there are people who you know point to the negative health effects of mask wearing, and I understand that. But if if we're going to point to that small population, like because that, that's a very small population, right? But if we're going to point to that as a reason not to wear a mask, then I think it lends sort of support to the people who are saying, well, even if masks are only, you know, one percent effective, we should wear them because it's the same sort of argument in my mind that you're saying, you know, even if it's a little bit, it's worth it. Um or on the other on the other side it would be even if it's just a little bit it's you know it, we shouldn't wear them so uh, to me and my view on masks has always been this I don't know how much they work or don't work but if they do work a little bit then fine I'll put them on it's not that big of a deal to me personally because I don't have to wear them all day long I can see how people who have to wear them all day long might have a different opinion about that right and what you are talking about is your voluntary choice your looking at uh, and and weighing the arguments and weighing the information that you've received and making your own actions based on your perception of of your risks and and willingness to to take risks as far as you know if there is a risk of of improper mask use wearing or if the you know if you're wearing a mask that possibly could increase infection like this research suggests um, versus the benefit to you of potentially avoiding some of the infection right so that is not something the governor has done right not with his orders he is he has basically made that decision for you um to be backed by police enforcement so this seems like an odd study to include though in this list of studies saying we should wear masks when they find when they find that medical masks are not effective and cloth masks even less so why would they put this in the list? My guess was they the uh, conclusion, which seems to be different from from their findings, but in their conclusion, and I'm going to stress the uh, the the kind of wiggle words that they use, but um, the study suggests that community mask use by well people could be beneficial, particularly for COVID-19, where transmission may be pre-symptomatic. So I think that conclusion was what they was what they focused on and they didn't focus on the fact that they were finding you know ineffective mask use um even by the more supposedly more effective masks not even the ones covered by the the governor's orders yeah a lot of wiggle words in there indeed a lot of hedging going on i think i counted three of them in that one sentence which that's the way a lot of media folks write their stories too because it gives you an escape hatch in case anybody calls bs on your story anyway (laughs) um does this uh study this is the question does this study support cooper's extreme exercise of power you write um no um just like the other one does not uh, this one, um, if anything, it specifically cautions against the kind of masks that Cooper's orders have, um, because some cloth masks may increase the risk of infection. More with John Sanders in a minute. First, winter is here. Time for cold weather gear. 
and that means old grouches, military surplus. He has got tons of military-grade field jackets in solid green and camo, wool and fleece toboggans, wool socks, Gore-Tex jackets, wool sweaters, and you're going to find this stuff at a lot cheaper of a cost to you than uh, you'd find at most outdoor stores. So go on into Old Grouch's Military Surplus. It's on Main Street in downtown Clyde. Also a great place to search for Christmas gifts for that hard-to-buy for a family member or friend of yours. Old Grouch's Military Surplus for more than three decades. Downtown Clyde on Main Street. Uh, The shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun, and it's 24-7 online at oldgrouch.com. Study number three, Wang et al. This study examined uh, studies over the use of uh, medical masks, surgical masks, and respirators, not cloth or homemade masks, which seems kind of weird, but uh, okay. They looked at those specific masks, and what did they find? They found... uh they could reduce the risk of infection. Um, they, they argue from an assumption that wearing masks is, ne- is necessary, um, but they then kind of undercut that assumption by saying that the, the evidence imply, as opposed to conclude, that wearing masks would be able to reduce the burden of infectious diseases. They have a problem with the fact that people in the West in, in America and, and Western nations, many Western advanced economies, as they put it, have a culture that's not like Asian countries where, quote, wearing masks has become pervasive. Um, in the West, they write, many still view personal protective equipment and physical barriers, including wearing the masks, as contrary to freedom and indivis- individualism. True. But that's true. Interesting Guilty enough. is charged. That is right. true. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> Especially when, you know, the governor has basically imposed a dress code on everybody um, you know, enforced by the police mm-hmm. if the police choose to do so. Um, however, having said that, Wang et al. do not propose requiring the general public to, to wear a mask. What they propose instead is that uh, policymakers provide what they call rational guidance. Um, concerning the use of masks. This would be informing the public about wearing masks and, and, and as well as other protective measures like you know, washing your hands and improving ventilation, which you never hear about here, no. but that's a big deal. Um, reducing gatherings, which you do, social physical distancing. Um, but it's, it's about providing the public with good information, sort of like you were just talking about needing. Um, and and being able to weigh the information and make those choices yourself. It is one of the, I think we've talked about this, the the ventilation issue, why they didn't include a fourth W. They could have called it wind or windows, you know, open a window or something. They could have thrown that in there. And to me, this is something that's been known for 100 years, right? They used to, when the, sorry, don't call it the Spanish flu, flu, uh, uh, you know, struck, one of the things they started doing was opening windows and putting patients' heads out the windows uh, to give them fresh air rather than breathing in the air in the sick bay all the time. So it seems like, I don't know, like that, I, I don't know why they, they don't reference that. And they were asked about this at one press conference, and they didn't really seem to have an answer. They said, well, we don't want that. We don't want people to, to only focus on that and not the other three. Like, well, but you, you're you not telling that, you know, people not to focus on hand washing 
only, right? You're telling them do all three. Why can't you say do all four? Anyway, I digress. So here's the question. Does the study support Cooper's extreme exercise of power? Uh, no, it does not. Um, one, it looks again at, at medical masks, surgical masks, and respirators, not what Cooper has re required, the face coverings. Um, and it's relying on probable effects, uh, which are insufficient if you're talking about leveling an emergency executive order. Um, and besides that, it also calls for this rational guidance from policymakers, uh, which could easily be done uh, without leveling an extreme emergency order. And, you know, confidentially, you know, changing the culture is no business at all of an extreme emergency order. Right. And that is, this comes up a couple of times, and you make note of it in your piece here at the Carolina Journal that, um, or I'm sorry, at the, the John Locke Foundation. Uh, d does this appear in the Carolina Journal, or is it just at the John Locke Foundation website? Um, right now it's at John Locke. Okay. I have not written up a smaller piece. I mean, if I were to give, if I were to give them a, what, you know, 4,000 <laughs> word piece, I think... You know, Rick and John Trump over there would have a hammer. Yeah, you know. they probably wouldn't appreciate that. So um, changing the culture, though, you you you, uh, you mentioned this several times. Changing the culture is no business of an extreme emergency order. And uh, it seems like this is the point. And maybe there's some validity and uh, some value to it because, you know, people keep citing the Asian countries. They're all mass cultures, but they weren't always right. They started. Uh, about you know, 15, 20 years ago when SARS first hit and they all started wearing masks and now they're a mask culture. It took that long for that to happen. And maybe that's what happens here in America now. Every wintertime, we all mask up. Maybe that's what happens and we become a mask culture. And maybe that is what they're trying to do, but they're not saying that that's what they're trying to do. And to your point, I guess, like that, if you if that's what you're trying to do, then issuing, you know, uh, penalties and uh, citations uh, for a thousand dollars a hit and and such like that's that's probably not uh, a constitutional way to do it. No, absolutely not. All right. So Brainerd et al. is the next study. Face masks and similar barriers to prevent respiratory illnesses such as COVID-19, a rapid systematic review. This study reviewed 31 studies on mask use, most if not all about use of medical-grade surgical paper masks. So what was the finding on this one? Well, another good feature about this was that it also looked at um, RCTs. Some of the studies were RCTs that they looked at. They also looked at observational studies. Um, the RCTs uh, found that wearing a face mask may very slightly reduce the odds of developing influenza-like illness respiratory symptoms. Um, but even that very slight reduction, they only had a low certainty evidence of it. For their observational studies, uh, they still only had low certainty evidence of very small protective effect of masks worn by the healthy, very low certainty of evidence of a very small protective effect if masks are worn by the sick. If everybody wore masks, they still found that the odds were just modestly reduced, but again, low certainty evidence. So l let me stop. Isn't that enough? So we're saying if everybody wears masks, then the odds were modestly reduced. Even if it's only low certainty evidence, isn't that enough? Isn't that a, a good enough benefit? Well, basically, by saying they've got low certainty evidence, they say they're, they're, they're saying that they can't remove the fact that 
this is just the, you know, the result of chance. This could be from basically the flip of a coin. Um, so, but even they will not go so far as, and so, so there's not enough evidence here to support the, uh, the governor's extreme emergency order, mm-hmm. but there is something here that says the exact opposite. Oh, <laughs> uh, their key conclusion, and which is why I'm surprised that the Cooper administration include this, um, their key conclusion is this, quote, the evidence is not sufficiently strong to support widespread use of face masks as a protective measure against COVID-19. And again, these masks are not the cloth masks, homemade masks that the governor has ordered. These are the medical grade surgical masks. And uh, they go on to note in this, and you highlight this uh, point as well, routine and widespread use of face masks in the community using a mask for short periods of time by particularly vulnerable individuals may be justified. So that makes sense to me. Like, okay, I'm going to go out to the store, I'll throw on the mask, and I'll do my shopping, and then I'll and then I'll leave. But uh, on the other hand, you know, sitting down in a restaurant, for example, and I'm not one of the, I'm not in a vulnerable population, then maybe I don't need a mask, right? So, like that, that, that kind of makes some bit of sense. But then I read later on where it talks about the face masks soon become moist with condensation, that actually then creates a barrier in the mask to airflow, which then forces the uh, the air to move out and in around the edges of the mask which defeats the whole purpose of the mask and people you know i know people are not taking care of their mask they're not they're not putting them on and then you know removing them after a certain period of time and and washing them thoroughly and correctly and swapping them out with a brand new mask and not touching any of the exterior like we're not doing these things people keep them in their pockets they throw them on the dashboard right and then they slap them on their face to run into the store and then they pull them off and chuck them in the floor again like that's that that's what's happening and that's not what these studies look at right Right. And, and they even warn about uh, how that it's difficult for individuals to wear face masks correctly uh, for hours over a multi-day, multi-day period. Um, they have breathing impairments and other discomforts. And, and they mentioned that, you know, the face mask can interfere with ordinary physical activities. They also specifically warn against, um, you know, face masks becoming moist from from exhalation. You know that's what they're supposed to do, right? They're supposed right. to collect droplets and protect us from from our you know, protect other people from our droplets. But in so doing, they're making it more dangerous from us. Um, they are they're collecting microbial growth, which we would be inhaling, and that can lead to other other infections. Um, but and they also specifically warn against interference with ordinary physical activities, which would include heavy exertion, such as playing sports, um, <laughs> which is what they just said to the do, gym. right? They just yeah. said we have to do in North Carolina. Now, if you're going to be playing basketball or soccer, you got to mask up for the entire event. Right. And, and, you know, when they, they put this, I was like, there's nothing in research that says this is a good idea. This is you're, you're asking for breathing problems. You're asking for people to to develop other kinds of, of infections. You're asking for, for people to pass out. This is a bad idea. Yeah. It's not supported in the research and it's making people less healthy. 
study number five in a minute. First, general equipment rental. You want to talk about having the right tool to get the job done? General equipment rental is your place to get the right tool to get the job done. Voted best equipment rental store for two straight years now in the Mountain Express Reader's Poll. Uh, You'll find out why just by going in and uh, you can find all the tools, but you're also going to find knowledge. They're going to be able to tell you uh, how the tool works so you'll be confident when you take it back to the job site or your house. They are also your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider. They do equipment service and repair there as well. They do it all. Okay, so please use this resource, use their expertise and tell them you heard it here on the show. I appreciate that. Uh, The Husqvarna Auto Mower is available now while supplies last for 10% off. This thing is a yard Roomba. It keeps your grass cut all the time. You never have to mow your yard again. What an awesome idea for a Christmas present for the person in your life that has to mow the lawn but hates to do so. Uh, Go to generalrents.com, check out all their inventory, but better yet, go on over to their store. They're on Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road in Weaverville. Uh, General Equipment Rental Family owned and operated for three generations. Generalrents.com. Think outside your toolbox. Number five, Gandhi et al. Masks do more than protect others during COVID-19, reducing the inoculum of SARS-CoV-2 to protect the wearer. This study tests a new theory for universal masking that it reduces the dose of the virus, the inoculum, the the dose of the virus for the mask wearer. And I've heard this one as well, right, that if you wear the masks, it it reduces the viral load. So what was the finding? So they test this theory and um and i've heard it too and and it, it is in part compelling you know maybe this is a good idea but the problem is it's one of the very first they think they may be the very first to test it um and and their findings they write are suggestive again with the uh, the hedging term mm-hmm. suggestive of this theory they go further and and say that if this is going to work for uh, pandemic control, then leading politicians need to endorse and model mask wear. There's nothing in the study that specifically endorses universal mask orders with with police enforcement. Hmm. They do have something in there that I think the governor should have read and paid attention to. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, maybe someone will have brought it to his attention before he makes his announcement of whatever it's going to be today. Well, ha- hang on a there you go. Just... Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Not going to happen, John. <laughs> but here's what they say. The efforts to preserve life must be balanced against the catastrophic consequences of shutting down economies, which ultimately will lead to more suffering, poverty, and death than the virus itself, especially for the working poor. This, I mean, this is an early, early leading uh, research piece uh, warning against this and that who is joined in uh, health experts and and epidemiologists and economists and policymakers worldwide have been growing more and more concerned and warning about this feature is that we don't understand the other aspects of the of shutting down economies uh, it may be worse than the virus itself I'd also point out that that statement you read no hedge words in fact, very clear words that uh, the efforts have to be must be balanced against the catastrophic consequences, which will lead to more suffering. Uh, so like nothing hedgy or, uh, you know, nebulous about that. Uh, study number six, Howard et al. 
Face Masks Against COVID-19 and Evidence Review. This study, uh, well, you say here, this finds, I'm, I'm stealing your thunder here, it finds the evidence uh, that the evidence for the positive impact of public mask wearing on this COVID-19 is scientifically plausible, but uncertain. But I thought this was interesting, and I thought maybe we had discussed some of this before, um, that they they make these recommendations, they strongly encourage the use of widespread face masks in public, and the reason why, even though they say, you know, well, it's it's uncertain whether we should be doing this, but we totally recommend you do it. The rationale for why they recommended it, I have questions about. So why are they recommending it? Okay, so they have several reasons for it. This is the this is the biggest precautionary principle study that I've encountered so far in the list. Um, the precautionary principle basically uses the idea of of scientifically plausible but uncertain benefits to ward off um, what they consider obvious catastrophic consequences if we don't do something. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a justification for doing something no matter what on the off chance that it might work. Um, uh, So a lot of bad ideas come from this. (laughs) Okay. But here's (laughs) – so the the way they reason is – some route, the primary route of transmission of COVID is through droplets. Even homemade cloth masks have some level of filtration capacity as low as 3% in their study, uh, which is next to nothing, um, up to 60%. Um, so they considered a pragmatic alternative to surgical masks for the, for the public. So this one does look at the cloth mask. Um, Universal policy, in order, in in other words, forcing it on everybody would prevent employers from telling their people not to wear masks, and would also remove the stigma attached to mask wearing by minorities and infected sick people. That's in their study. Mm-hmm. Um, then they also see a benefit in in forcing everybody to wear masks, in that it would serve as a visible signal and reminder of the pandemic. Uh, so people would see other people wearing masks and be like, oh, wait, right. Oh, There's that's right. going on. I'd forgotten. Um, yeah. Right. So that, they say, would be buttressed by what they call the importance of ritual and solidarity in human society. So they're referring to this as a ritual. Uh, we're, we're doing this as as a ritual. It's, again, um, to change the culture, right? That, that's the primary benefit. Yes. I think we may have discussed some component of this uh, on a previous uh, interview in that um, there is, you know, th- there is, and I guess there is benefit to making people feel comfortable wearing the mask versus uncomfortable in a social setting. So, you know, you don't, you know, stigmatize people like that. But if that's the point, then maybe a public education campaign might be a better way to do it. Right. I mean, nobody wants anyone to be a jerk to people. So right. I'm not I'm not endorsing, you know, being a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but also under their enforced ritual of the mask, they write that mask wearing and even mask making or distribution can provide feelings of empowerment and <laughs> self-efficacy. So this is sort of a way for someone to have a psychosomatic fight against the virus. Uh, they think, you know, by, by either wearing or or making masks. And so that's a supposed benefit of forcing people to wear masks. And again, they, then they all say that it's a, it could also work to enhance awareness of the importance of, of you know, physical distancing and washing your hands. Mm-hmm. And I guess all of that could be true, right? But, but does that, 
I mean, oh, it, those may be benefits, but does that um, does that offset the 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 concerns uh, and the you know the slippery slope argument of the government telling everybody they have to do this under penalty of you know fines and maybe even imprisonment? That's the question. Is all of that could you have gotten at this a different way? And I think they probably could have, but I also find it pretty amazing. Like this is a study that they're citing for the health benefits or something. And it's, it's really not about the health benefits. It's about the public psyche. Um, if anything. And, and I yes. will say that my wife and I, we were out, uh, this weekend and I, uh, I, you know, I'm wearing a mask when we're in a store and I see other people that are not wearing masks and I got to admit, and I don't like it, but it prompts in me when I see someone who doesn't wear the mask or isn't wearing it correctly. I'm like, why aren't they wearing a mask? Why aren't they wearing it correctly? Just immediately. It's like this knee jerk reaction. And that's from someone like me that I don't really even care if you're not wearing a mask. And that's what my initial reaction. And now I got to think, well, what about people who really are, you know, mask believers? They must lose their minds when they see people not wearing them correctly or at all. I, I do worry about that. And, you know, this this whole thing about human ritual and solidarity uh, we're not hearing about solidarity. We're we're hearing about uh, like in 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 my county of Wake, they just find a woman for having a having a gathering outside of her store mm-hmm. because it, they had too many people, and so they said she wasn't taking it seriously. So here's your fine. Um, you know, we're we're seeing we're seeing uh, incidents in in stores and and elsewhere where. Uh, People are trying to enforce human ritual and solidarity, um, at, you know, by shrieking at, at people and by <laughs> by snitching on people and things like that. Yeah. Now, I don't think I'm snitching when I tell people that Rowena Patton will get your household quickly and for more money, that she outsells 99 percent of the realtors in the state of North Carolina, because it's true. And actually, she wants you to know this. If you are thinking about buying a house, she has homes in all price points. Give her and her team, the all-star powerhouse team, give them a call at 333-4483. That's 333-4483. Their website is mountainhomehunt.com. She is the only agent that we called when we decided to buy our house uh, and if we are ever selling our house she's the only agent we would call as well you should too 333-4483 mountainhomehunt.com and then start packing uh, we're talking with john sanders he is the research editor and director of regulatory studies at the john locke foundation uh, this piece is linked up at the the pete page at the patreon account but also you can find it at the john locke foundation does cooper's own research justify his extreme orders spoiler alert no it doesn't uh, study number seven, Matuszek et al., face masks, benefits, and risks during the COVID-19 crisis. This study um, looks at or found, I guess, only weak evidence for wearing a face mask as an efficient hygienic tool to prevent the spread of viral infection. So weak evidence, but okay, well, that kind of supports Cooper here, doesn't it? Yeah, the weak evidence, as far as if you're talking about supporting Cooper, uh, again, the standard for Cooper is, is it so strong as to as to support him going beyond the uh, State Emergency Management Act and unilaterally ordering these things with police enforcement, as opposed to using the power of his office and using um, his state health department to message, to urge, to recommend that people adopt them. 
it finds only weak evidence for wearing a face mask. They look at different masks. They look at medical masks, but also the homemade masks that would be in, in Cooper's order. Uh, so what they do find for that is a mask for everyday use. The temporary mask made from fabric grant no protection for the user. Uh, later on, they, they suggest that you know, it, it could offer limited protection. Um, they find some, some benefit from, from medical masks uh, during close contact scenarios, uh, which is not the same as walking by somebody's table at a restaurant mm -hmm. or passing someone in the park or, you know, something like that. Uh, they do find so greater protection from uh, surgical masks and, and that sort of thing. Which, they also warn against uh, – oh, go ahead. I was going to say it makes sense that this is the ballistic versus aerosol issue, right, where if you're in close contact and you're wearing a mask and we're talking and I – you know, the 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 debris, the actual pieces, the larger pieces of lung juice that I expel as I'm talking. I mean, it makes sense. Those will get caught in a mask. That makes sense. It's the aerosolized uh, airborne version. Not so much. Right. Right. And, you know, you have to be around someone who's actually sick. True. They also warn against um, the risk of airflow obstruction and strained breathing from wearing masks especially during physical exertion. They have an interesting phrase in here that I haven't really encountered, but uh, depending on the design of the mask, and remember, Cooper's order is pretty open-ended. You can make it out of anything, including a towel. Masks can increase the lung's dead space, which in extreme cases, you could have carbon dioxide retention or hypercapnia um, that would occur with side effects. But as they note, that only a few investigations are available and address this particular medical problem. Um, and they also warn against the improper use of masks, which include, you know, taking them on and off improperly, not maintaining them properly, wearing them for long or or repeated use of them, uh, using masks made of non-protective materials they even include. Yeah. And they stress that, you know, the mask has got to be airtight on the skin. And they and if when you take it off, you have to be really careful that you don't touch the outside of the mask. <laughs> yeah, no one does that. Because, because, <laughs> as they write, pathogens can in, can accumulate in the mask. This is like that other study that mentioned this. You know, pathogens, not just COVID, but many other things are out there that are bad. If you breathe them in, can accumulate in the mask, and the risk of spreading those pathogens uh, might be critically increased. They write. Well, it makes sense if you're walking around with a mask and you're 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 basically breathing in, you're creating this vacuum, this suction, right, as you breathe in. And even if the mask traps that stuff, let's say it traps the stuff. Great. Well, instead of the walking through an area and trapping it and then getting rid of the mask, you're now keeping that stuff in front of your face for however long, <laughs> which right, is going right. to increase the risk that you then inhale it at some point, or when you take the mask off and you know throw it on the car seat uh, and then pick it back up and put it on to go into the next store, you're probably now contaminating your hands, and then you're putting it on your face, and now your hands are contaminated. It's just you're spreading it around in a way that you would not otherwise be doing. And these are these are the sort of things that are not even considered in Cooper's orders. Yeah. And in fact, when, when he his most recent order, which really juiced up the mask use, um, actually made this a greater concern uh, because he changed the restaurant orders to now you have to have the mask on whether you're standing or sitting um, at the table 
the only time you can take your mask off is when you're actively eating or drinking. So you see this this phenomenon of people that have a mask on, they grab the, the tip of it, the middle of it, pull it down, take a bite or take a drink, put it back up, constantly improperly donning and doffing their mask. Cooper's requirement that now people at gyms and fitness centers wear a mask even while, quote, strenuously exercising would also obviously lead to moisture dampening, um, which these guys point out cause the mask to lose their protective effect and lead to pathogenic accumulation. The uh, high schools now forcing people to play masks while playing basketball and volleyball obviously would create this specific problem. Mm -hmm. And then when they warn against the long and repeated use of masks, Cooper's orders affecting workplaces all over the state obviously puts everybody at risk in that. Next up is Stutt et al., a modeling framework to assess the likely effectiveness of face masks in combination with lockdown in managing the pandemic. This relies on mathematical modeling to estimate the likely effectiveness of face masks, which does include the homemade masks. And what did they find? All right. So this is a funny study to me. They they decide they're going to do a mathematical model. So they're, they're going to construct an alternate reality, uh, which may or may not conform to reality. Um, to estimate the likely effect of face face masks, the likely effectiveness of face masks, but they they worry that you know doing a big long complex mathematical model is challenging for people and and encounters uh, a challenge of it in analysis and interpretation in all but the most expert hands. So they decide to produce a simple modeling framework. Mm. So they've really cut down their their uh, their modeling. To, uh, to look at the probable effect of face mask wearing. And in so doing, they create a bunch of variables that they write in their, in their big table. This one's arbitrarily defined. This one's ar- arbitrarily set in the absence of detailed data, on and on and on. So we can so, just uh, – all right, I'm just going to stop there. I, I'm now not interested in this study. I, I don't find this to be of any value. <laughs> I'm going to move on because really, like, if okay. you're going to say okay. you're going to set everything arbitrarily like that and you simplify it to the point of irrelevance, then I don't think it's worth our time. So, but I appreciate I you reading. I know it. that, but this is an important part of this study because this is the study where the Cooper administration got the idea of my face mask protects you and your face mask protects me. Oh. They do this because they specifically want to change the culture. They write about Hong Kong as a superior example of mask wearing to the United States. Um, And then they say that there's this human factor that may reduce face mask adoption in the West, which is cultural, because it's not common. And there's this implication that the mask wearer considers others as a threat. So they write, it's necessary to change this view, uh, which could be achieved if the message conveyed by the face mask was my face mask protects you, your face mask protects me. And they argue that we need to make the mask a fashion item, um, which would also help change the culture. And then um, we could continue by reinforcing the uh, safe distance. Hmm. So this was a very – you wanted to dismiss it, but this was apparently very influential to the Cooper administration. It sounds like it now that you mention it. Although they may need to do some work on the Antifa people. I think folks still see them as a threat with their masks on. Anyway, (laughs) Mitzi et al. We actually discussed this, I think, previously a few months ago. This was a study out of Germany – 
And uh, they were looking at compulsory face mask orders that they said reduced the cumulative number of registered COVID-19 cases by between two and a half percent and 13 percent over a period of 10 days after they became compulsory. So finally, a good study for Cooper, right? It seems that way until you really dive into it. And then I, I find that the, uh, the authors take some great liberties in their findings. Um, so, yeah, they find the one. The early mover mass mandate region in Germany had bigger effects over 10 days afterwards. Um, then they find that the next few regions didn't have near as big effects. But here's one of the funny things they do with that. They suggest that, well, those effects are probably big, but they were just influenced by the first region uh, moving. So people were already adopting them, and so we we're not catching the effects. Then they furthermore go and, and say that, you know, we, we suggest that uh, this this effect could be, what's the number? It's, you know, 40 to 60 percent uh, reduction in the growth rate of, and then, you know, come to think of it, that might be the lower bound, and it might have even been greater if we'd have all done it earlier. <laughs> um, and then I find in the appendix. I wanna, I'm feeling appendix, like I want to dismiss yeah. this one now, John. I'm feeling like I'm ready to kick <laughs> this one out. In Appendix C, I find out that they had tested four other early mandate regions, two of them which had uh, positive results. One of them had very small or unclear results, but one of them, it even seems to be the case, they write, that masks increase the number of cases relative to the synthetic control group. Oh, for crying out loud. So basically what they did was... uh, and I use this word, they took a Procrustean approach to their findings. This is a, this is a word that comes back from Greek mythology. Procrustius was a monster that forced you to, to fit in his bed. If you were too small, he would stretch you until you fit. If you were too large, he would cut off parts of you until you fit. So basically, they've taken, they've taken the parts of their, their findings that were too small, and they stretched them and stretched them and stretched them. And then when they found one that said masks may have increased the number of cases, they just cut it off. Yeah. The final study up next. First, do you take CBD oil? Have you ever tried CBD oil? I take it before I go to bed every night and I sleep more deeply and I use Growers Hemp Full Spectrum Hemp Extract. It's the only CBD oil that I take, only CBD product I've ever taken. Uh, I recommend it to you. What are you looking for? Are you looking for a better quality of life, a balanced state of mind, maybe a positive uh, mental outlook, immune system resilience, or lower tension, or deeper sleep? Growers Hemp Full Spectrum Hemp extract added to your daily routine. As with all CBD products, here's the official disclaimer GovCo requires. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and nothing I have said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. Please consult your health your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. I use Growers Hemp. You should as well, really, if you are thinking about using CBD. Why? Because it's North Carolina farmers. These are family farms, and uh, they said, you know what, let's control the whole process from seed to shelf, and that way you get a better quality product at a lower price, and you're helping support North Carolina farm families. So growershemp.com, go to the website, use the promo code PETE, and get 20% off growershemp.com. It's about the hemp and not the hype. So finally, study number 10, 
Raider B et al. Mask wearing and COVID, uh, sorry, in control of SARS-CoV-2 transmission. Study conducted serial cross-sectional surveys in June via SurveyMonkey.com. Oh, I'm already loving this one to look at the association between self-reported mask wearing, social distancing, and COVID-19 transmission, and also the effect of statewide mandates on mask uptake. So, what was the finding out of Raider B et al.? Yeah, I'm like you. I'm a little bit concerned when uh, we, we may have emergency orders done on uh, results from SurveyMonkey. But what <laughs> they found was that uh, people reported high amount of mask wearing in grocery stores in June, because when this was done, 84.6%, not quite as much when they were visiting friends and family. Um, and they found that when there was a 10% increase in self-reported mask wearing, uh, that more than tripled the odds of controlling disease transmission. That may sound really, really impressive, and maybe, you know, based on, on you know, that, maybe the governor should be dropping a, a statewide mandate, right? Mm-hmm. But when they looked at the man- mandates, at statewide mandates, this finding, this self-reported, this adoption by people voluntarily of masks was not due to state mask mandates. And in fact, they said, quote, Following state mandates, there was no significant change in mask uptake, which suggests to them that regulation alone may not drive increased masking behavior. Hmm. Um, they found um, mixed evidence on the effect of mask mandates. So basically, the mandates weren't doing any good. People were doing what they thought was best for them. So again, and and, and based on that, they suggested that policymakers should consider what they called innovative strategies for evaluating and increasing mass usage to help control the pandemic. So again, getting good information to people, finding new ways to message to get information to people. If, if the governor, if the this health department thinks this stuff is important and thinks this is what we should be doing, instead of coming down with an iron fist and saying, thou shalt you know, wear the mask or, or else, um, they should treat people like adults, like reasoning people, and give them information that they think could influence their decision making, which would also tamp down this kind of this 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 kind of crazy behavior and and people freaking out um, that that we've been mentioning. Yeah, more carrots, fewer sticks. Right. Yeah. Uh, John Sanders, research editor and director of regulatory studies. So this is zero for 10 in the first batch of studies that John has looked at. He's going to do part two, uh, and uh, we'll talk with him after he does part two. John, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thanks for doing this work. I do appreciate that even more so. Thank you so much, Pete, and it's always a pleasure. All right, and that's a wrap for this episode. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. Give it a thumbs up in the reviews or a positive review. I appreciate that. And consider becoming a patron of the show. You get cool stuff and exclusive content. Links are at thepetecalendarshow.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. We'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.